This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor, I just play doctor online. And this past week was a bit busy. (laughs) Uh, The uh, janitorial service I work for, we uh, picked up two buildings in one fell swoop uh, that, that had to be started, like, almost immediately. Uh, we, we got the word on the Friday, uh, last, a week ago Friday, or, you know, whatever. And then they, they, were, they were saying, well, could we start Monday? <laughs> well, we started Tuesday. We had to assess and try to figure out some stuff. And, anyway... So um, I'm I was helping out all week long, which meant I worked every night last week, which is not what I normally do, and it's not what I want to do. But I had to work every night. Uh, I shifted some of the you know there's two buildings that I do on my own regularly. Uh, I had to shift one of those to Monday night so that my Tuesday night wouldn't be too god awful long. But yeah, so anyway, but there's a the thing about uh, some of our employees, I swear they want me to get you know gray hair even faster than I'm getting it. I mean, I like my gray hair, but it doesn't have to come in that fast. Uh, I had one of them. Uh, she had to go out of town uh, for about a week and a half. She said, "I'll, I'll be back on Wednesday." This would, that would have been this last Wednesday. I'll be back. I'll be back on Wednesday. I told the boss about it, and she and she even said, "If I can get back on Tuesday, I'll I'll come back Tuesday, you know, to to work." I mean, okay. Told the boss what she what she had said, and he's he just going, "Eh, she's probably going to need one more day," and she did. Uh, got a call at about five in the morning on that Wednesday, the day that she was supposed to come back, and she was making a long drive home that day, just leaving at about five in the morning, and so. You know, she says, I'm, I'll be back on Thursday, which she was back on that Thursday. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, and here's where the gray hair starts to come out. She uh, texts me saying, uh, uh, will I be able to get her her key so she, when she's back tonight? And I and I, I text back to her, and I, and I asked, why would I have your key? Don't you have your key? And then she explained, well, I left it in the building and I'm, I was I what why why would you do that? why would you do that 
And she said, well, I was just figuring I'd be proactive in case you guys needed the key for cleaning. Well, I didn't go all the way through this with her, but it, I should have asked her, why would you, why would you do that? Uh, how do you think uh, the supervisor and how do you think I get into your building when you have your key? We, we have keys ourselves. You know, the supervisor has a key, and then we have a key at the office, and that's the one I use when I go out there once in a while to drop off some stuff for her or something like that. But I didn't do go through that. But I did say, I wish you would have told me that's what you did, that you left your key. She said she left it on her cart that she uses to do her job. And I said, okay, well, and then we, we worked out something where she could get to the office shortly after 5 on Thursday and pick up the office key, use that to get in the building, and then leave it behind for the supervisor to come by and pick up the key after she'd gotten her own uh, back. All right? That was the plan. Well, that night I, I head out to help the supervisor take care of these two new buildings. It's the same customer. They have two separate buildings right next to each other. And so um, I was helping him take care of one of them. And uh, it's just the smaller one, and he was working on the bigger one. And I said, well, when I finish up there, I'll text you and see if you need help, because I can come help you out here. And he said, no, I texted him when I finished, and he said, no, I don't need help. And he says, oh, by the way, the cleaner, uh, this particular cleaner, uh, called him and said that she can't find her key. <sighs> the gray hairs just started springing right there. What do, you, what do you mean? She can't find her key. She's, and then I start texting her. You can't find your key. It's not in your cart. It's not. In, it's not in your bag. In your in your vehicle. Is it in your? You know. Is it in your pocket? Is it something? I, I can't. Find, I left it on there. And I talked to her on the phone. I left it on the cart. I put it on the cart. Didn't you know, Paul? And I. I uh, even talked to the supervisor before any of this started happening. When she was telling me that she had left her key. There, I, I, I called the supervisor and I said, you didn't by any chance grab her key, just on the off chance that if he had, he could swing it by the office, drop it off for me, and then she could come over and get her key, just in case he, and he said, nope, I didn't, I didn't, you know, and it was the supervisor who filled in her building while she was gone, and so he's telling me, I didn't see a key, and he said, besides, he says, I didn't use her cart, he used a, uh, he used a barrel, which is called a brute, that's a, I think that's a Rubbermaid product name brute but it's a barrel and he, he was using that instead of using the cart that she uses so he said i never saw the key i didn't even know it was there and okay so this starts happening and you know she assures me well I, i'm i'm gonna tear that cart apart i'm gonna find it i'll, I'll find that key if it's on there i'll, I'll find it and I was, you know this puts us in a rather tough position with our customers because if you lose a key to an interior office, that's not as big of a deal. It's still a big deal, but it's not as big of a deal. But if you lose a key that's to get into a building, that's a big deal because you absolutely have to, you know, we've had it happen once before when I was, uh, since I've been office manager, and, I'm, and it may have happened to us in our career, uh, or in the company's, you know, nearly 70 years of existence. It's had to have happened, and... <clears throat> Um, the you know where you, we have to pay to rekey the doors, and to pay for all the replacement keys that had to be given out to all the employees and that. So it's just uh, 
And you, the supervisor and I are trying to figure out what to do. I haven't told the boss yet. I told the, uh, the supervisor the boss is going to be furious when he finds this out. And I'm just holding out hope that she, that our employee would find the key. Well, I, the supervisor again tells me uh, he, he can finish up the building. He's doing fine and, and just go home. You know, he's just telling me to go home. So, um, so as I'm driving home, I'm, of course, just admonishing this employee in my mind saying, you know, why didn't you tell me first? Why didn't you ask me if you if, if it would be a good idea to leave the key in the building? Why didn't you talk? You know, you got to tell me these things. Communicate, people! And then I, I, I got home, and I'm just exhausted, and I was having some a little bit of uh, insomnia this week. I don't really, I don't generally suffer insomnia, but every now and then I'll wake up early in the morning, and I just can't go back to sleep. It's just, I don't know what it is. So I get up out of bed and start doing something. And anyway, so um, I thought, I've got another night ahead of me like that because I'm just going to be freaking out about telling the boss that the key went missing and all that. Got home, checked my texts, she found the key. And then I called her. Did you confirm you found the key? Where was it? It was on the cart. <laughs> she said, I was looking in the wrong place or on the wrong cart. or what, I, Whatever she said it, but she found the key. And I just looked in the mirror and I said, boy... I've gotten a lot more gray than I was about an hour ago. That's what happens, I guess. But luckily, the key was found. And I reiterated with her, uh, you've got to let me know if that's what you're planning on doing. You have to tell me. You can't just it's, it's unilaterally decide that that's what you're going to do. You've got to tell me so we can figure out what we want to do to be able to get you the, you know, back into your building. Don't lock your key into your building. <clears throat> I wanted to revisit a couple of things that I talked about last week. Uh, I talked about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and how um, the FDA and the CDC were recommending that they pause giving out that vaccine, which they which has been done, and I guess they're going back to unpausing it uh, and, and giving it out again. But what I talked about last week, and I think I came around you know, when my first reaction was that, boy, this is a, you know, six people out of six point eight million out of seven million people. That's that's nothing. That's I mean, we're positive because of that. And then, um, when, as I recall, when I talked last week, I ended it with a paragraph, uh, a comment that was written uh, on that was posted to my com my posting about how it seems like it's an overreaction. Uh, and it was by a person that's a, one of the Minnesota skeptics, and she's a pharmacist, and so uh, she would, she certainly is more of an expert on vaccines and medicine and and approval of procedures and that kind of thing than I would be. So I I defer to her expertise, and I'm going to read. I read the this paragraph that she wrote last week. I'm going to reread it uh, right here. Uh, she wrote, "I think the pause is necessary." if nothing else, to get the word out about treating any future incidents the proper way. Yes, it will likely increase hesitancy, but if they didn't pause and word got out about these cases, there would be an even bigger outcry. It will likely make screening to receive J&J &J more complicated if the okay to use move, moves forward, but, if, but to a certain population, it will be good for them to know of this small risk, all right, and and I thought, 
Boy, that's reasonable. That sounds right. And okay, I'm a I'm a dipstick. So okay, well, I'm bringing it up again because um, <clears throat> skeptic, a fairly famous skeptic in the world of skeptics, uh, Rebecca Watson. Uh, she she does video blogs now or vlogs or whatever the kids are calling them. Uh, she does those and she she used to be a part of uh, the Skeptics Guide to the Universe. She was one of the hosts for quite a long time. Uh, she's also the founder of uh, of, uh, of a, a website called uh, Skeptics. It's a sort of a you know women get to do their skeptical thing blogs and such on there. But I think you know they don't just have women on it. But you know it's Skeptics. Anyway, uh, so Rebecca. Uh, what she does in this in this video is like a 15 minute long video and I'll link to it on the show notes just go to dimland.com click on the show notes slash blog option and you'll get to them but what she what she does in that 15 or 16 minutes is what uh, my friend who's the pharmacist does in just a few sentences uh, Rebecca fleshes it out and it just opens up the and she, she reiterates the stuff that uh, my friend was saying she talks about, you know, she does mention that, the yes, there'll be probably more vaccine hesitancy. The anti-vaxxers will have, you know, they have a little, little bit of uh, uh, fuel for their fire. Uh, they have a little bit more with this with this stuff. But as, uh, as my friend points out, if they hadn't said anything, you know, Rebecca makes the same point. You know, if the anti-vaxxers saw that this was, was not being... Uh, that uh, that the CDC and the FDA let this go by and these cases came to light later, it would be, you know, why the cover-up and it would be even worse. Uh, she brings that up. And she also, Rebecca also makes a point that the six out of six million, she calls it, you know, six million, but what's a million between friends? Um, she calls it that. She says that six out of six, six million is, is a bit, uh, it's not, you can you can narrow that demographic down. You can you can narrow that number uh, a bit by 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 looking at what the demographic is. It's the six people were all women between ages of eighteen and forty-eight. So she said, you know, so if you take the demographic of adult women under fifty who received the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, uh, believe the number she said, then that comes that six million or that seven million uh, goes down to about one point four million. So six and one point four million isn't quite you know one in a million uh, at that ratio. It's more like one in two hundred thirty-three thousand. So it's 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 still rare, but it's a it's a bigger occurrence. And then um, she also talks about how you know birth control uh, that you know women who are on birth control can have uh, um, uh, blood clot. Problems, uh, a higher a higher rate of blood clot uh, blood clotting than uh, women who are not on birth control, uh, so they can have it, high, it higher. And and then she also points out that women who are pregnant have an even higher risk for blood clots, and women who have uh, have already given birth and for the next for the three months after birth, um, they have an even higher risk of getting blood clots. That that's she was giving this information, um, and she said that the thing about the birth control is that the blood clot issue, which is not the same kind of blood clots that these people were getting from the COVID from the uh, COVID vaccine made by Johnson and Johnson, and I do believe that that they have established that yes, it was the vaccine that's related to them getting it, getting the blood clots. It's not the same kind, 
for one thing, and that then and the other thing in comparing to the birth control issue is it's part of inf their informed consent. They are told of the risks. Women who are deciding whether or not to get you know certain kinds of birth control, they are told that one one risk that could happen was is blood clots, and they are told these are the things you look for when when you got your COVID vaccine. At least when I got my COVID vaccine, I was handed some paper. You know, first you have to list out that are you allergic to this and that. Kind of you have to give these answers at the beginning, and then um, and then when they gave this stuff to you, this here it said it was telling you what you can expect after you've had the vaccine. Uh, you, you might get soreness at the spot, you might have fever, you might get aches and pains, you might get headaches, you might feel tired out, and it may be a little more severe for some people, a little less, you know, some people won't have anything. And then it gave you some things to, you know, really be careful with. If you have these kinds of things happening, consult your doctor, go to the emergency room, something like that. Well, that's part of the informed consent sort of deal. And when women are deciding whether or not to use birth control, they are told about the blood clot issue. Well, apparently, Johnson & Johnson uh, and, the, and the CDC and the FDA, they didn't know about this, this particular blood clotting thing until they, they started showing up in people. And they went, whoa, we better check and see how prevalent this is going to be, uh, if it, you know, who it's affecting, and whether or not, uh, if we go forward, we need to let the people know who's getting it. Um, that this is a possibility and what signs to look for should it happen and what to do. <clears throat> so, uh, good on Re Rebecca Watson for really fleshing that one out. Um, so, that made me feel like a dipstick <laughs> again. When I said, yeah, you know, I was, I had the, the initial reaction. I thought, well, it seems like it's virtually, it's statistically nobody. It's still statistically very, very small, very, very rare. Oh, and by the way, uh, Rebecca Watson got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And she is under 50. She's an adult woman under 50. So she's, but she's fine. And most uh, uh, of the women under that age will be fine too. Uh, and so I, I think the vaccine has been recommenced and putting out, but if they may have decided to start telling women that, hey, you could get this blood clot thing, these are the things to look for. And this is what you should do should you notice any of these things happening. Uh, that, that'll, well, I guess this, this is the process. Um, <clears throat> I also wanted to revisit the uh, Patterson-Gimlin film of the Bigfoot thing last week, and you recall that uh, part of what I talked about, um, maybe just briefly, but the reaction to uh, my uh, saying uh, in the Facebook thread that's you know, 54 years and they still haven't gotten better evidence than this film, they haven't got better photographic evidence. They haven't got anything better. And one person had brought up, well, you know, how many, bringing up the situation where you're in a catch the event, catch the moment situation, and you don't get your camera out in time. You don't get your phone ready in time, and you miss it. And that must happen, that happens constantly, right? And then I pointed out that, well, you know, that's true. And YouTube is filled with, uh, with all kinds of caught the moment video uh, a lot of them in, in portrait but uh, you know what are you gonna do but so it's just filled with these catch the moment things <clears throat> well the reason I'm bringing it up again as I said I, I had a busy week of working and I worked Monday night when I normally wouldn't and uh, the place I was taking care of doesn't really take me long to do it takes like an hour and a half or something to take care of it but you know 
get, I get it done, and I'm, I, I was heading out of the building. Uh, had was going to the ex, you know to the to the main entrance doors and they're just they're glass doors with a bunch of windows around them so you see right outside and there's a parking lot right out there and it's and then about I don't know about 20 feet from the doors is the end is the uh, the the one side of the parking lot where it goes up the curb and then you have a, a gr little grassy area before you go into another parking lot for another building across the way so um, as I was approaching the door. On that little grassy area was a deer walking along. I went, "Oh, a deer!" And I and I thought and I watched it as it, I was stayed in the building and I watched it go across and it was moving pretty quick. And I started to reach for my phone, which was in my pocket. And I was like, "Oh well, I'm not I'm not going to be able to get a picture of that." But uh, I th then I thought to myself, "Hey, wait a minute! A lot of times when you see a deer, you see another deer." <laughs> Yeah, it's like that's like sort of an inside joke. A friend of mine was driving and he saw a deer at the side of the road, and and he's going around a turn, around a curve in the road, and he says uh, his reaction was because uh, he, he sees a deer at the side of the road, he's ah oh, deer, and then as he comes around the curve, there's another one in the road, so it's like this, oh a deer, another deer, <laughs> and he almost hit it, but he didn't. But it's like, so I thought, another deer is going to be coming along. So I do grab my phone out of my pocket, and sure enough, another deer is following along. So I was able to, you know, as that deer is moving along, and it stops and hesitates for a little bit and moves along, I'm able to get the camera set up, get it in landscape, and snap two pictures of it. They're not great pictures. I'll put them on the show notes page so you can see what I what I was able to get. I mean, the po camera was in my pocket. I was starting to get it out before the deer came into view, but I was able to get it going, get the camera going, take a couple pictures. It's a deer, and still no pictures of Bigfoot. Nothing better than Patterson-Gimlin anyway. Okay, I've reached my first break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I shall return after these brief messages and cool bumper songs. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Hi, I'm Darren McKee, one of the hosts of The Reality Check. Each week, my co-host and I explore a range of controversies and curiosities using science and critical thinking. You can find us on iTunes, your favorite podcasting platform, and on Facebook by searching for The Reality Check, or by following us on Twitter at TRC underscore podcast. Until then, keep an open mind, but not so open your brain falls out. If this station is not your cup of tea... Then drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. 
welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. That song that I was coming into from uh, from the break there, the bumper there that I was playing, uh, that was Husker Du, uh, St. Paul's own Husker Du, and their cover version of the Birds tune Eight Miles High. Uh, you ever notice the song Eight Miles High by the Birds, by the original, the 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 twelve string. Uh, I think it's pretty much uh, it's 12 string electric that uh, Roger McGuinn is playing and doing all those lead lines that you were hearing there that Bob Mould was doing. Uh, Bob Mould was doing uh, as it, it, in, in, on his Flying V super fuzzy sounding guitar. Um, you listen to Roger McGuinn plays. It's just it's it's a mess. <laughs> it's just it's it's really a, it's just kind of jumbly and I mean it does follow sort of a uh, a path, as it were, but uh, Bob Molds, boy, his 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 is much more um, uh, disciplined of a sound, I guess, and his is the punk rock. Anyway, uh, just an aside, I noticed again while listening to. It. Uh, speaking of Bigfoot and deer and t- taking pictures of it, I want to uh, mention to you, recommend to you a podcast. Uh, it's a pretty new one. It, they've done like ten or twelve episodes so far. Uh, it's called Strange by Nature. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show or not, but it's 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 a really good podcast. Uh, what they do is there's it's three naturalists. It's uh, Victoria, Rachel, and Kirk. And I kind of sort of know Kirk. I mean, you know, he's a Minnesota skeptic. Shows up uh, at some of the Zoom meetings, so I you know I, I I know him sort of. You know, and he knows me sort of. Uh, anyway, so um, I think it's a it's a terrific show. The three uh, scientists, they're naturalists uh, that. Um, they find something in the natural world that is strange, and they tell us about it. Sometimes the stuff is really gruesome and scary and disgusting, uh, but it's always fascinating. And I think it's a terrific uh, show. Uh, the three of them uh, have a good time doing it, and it, you can tell. And uh, they seem to have a good rapport with each other, and it, it works really well. So check out it. Check out the podcast. It's called Strange by Nature. Check them out. Just you know, it's, you should be able to find it through the Apple Podcast. That's where I found it. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Uh, that's that's those were the verdicts for the uh, the the former police Minneapolis police officer, now convicted murderer, who killed George Floyd by kneeling on the back of his neck for the prosecution was able to establish was about nine minutes and twenty nine seconds, nine and a half minutes, knelt on the back of George Floyd's neck. So uh, it was one of it was uh, not since the O.J. Simpson verdict did the world stop, stand still, not the whole world, but so many people around the world who just tuned in to find out what that verdict would be. And the verdict, in in my assessment, and how could it be in any not be in anybody else's assessment? The verdict was correct. Justice was done. Uh, well, at least for now, because there will be an appeal, so we'll see how that goes. But, you know, justice was done in this case. You know, George Floyd was murdered by this cop. And we can say that now, because he's been convicted. And you know, it's, it's this whole, the whole thing. So those three other police officers whose trials will be coming up in... whose trial, they'll be tried together in August... Um, you, you, you look at it and you think, okay, so would those three cops encountering this scene with, you know, with me, 
being the white dude kneeling on the back of George Floyd's neck, would they stand around for nine and a half minutes? Would they help me uh, help hold the guy down? Would they? It's, it's this uh, this cop getting away with it, and it, I, I I find it very annoying when people who don't know what they're talking about talk about it. <laughs> And so I try not to be one of them, uh, or at least acknowledge that hey, I, I don't I don't know for sure about this, you know, and uh, and I ref and I rely on experts, people who do know. But um, it, it the defense tried to say that there were, might have been other factors that led to the death. Well, no, the factor that led to the death was kneeling on the guy's neck for nine and a half minutes at some point in that nine and a half minutes like with the like two minutes to go three minutes to go somewhere in that range uh george floyd stopped moving he just he was unconscious he stopped talking he was done you know he wasn't dead yet anyway um so we get some of the the talking points that are coming out from the a certain side of the aisle Saying that uh, you know the jury was intimidated, you know, that if they were intimidated, they thought if we came back with an acquittal, you know that there would have been riots and trouble, and we, that's why they didn't come back with an acquittal. Well, it could also be that they didn't come back with acquittal because a police officer knelt on the back of a man's neck for nine and a half minutes, and you just can't deny it. That's what he did, and at some point in that nine and a half minutes, and I mean fairly early on in that nine and a half minutes. I mean, when you consider how much longer he knelt on the neck of an unconscious man. <laughs> okay, right? I mean, it's, it could be, you know, if they did acquit, that would be injustice. They, 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 it's the right verdict. And so, and, and, how, and how, and over the course of time in American jurisprudence, have the police been given the benefit of the doubt by juries? With the fact that they're cops, they get away with something. Well, they're cops. They're doing their job. That's you know, it's part of their job. You know, it's like, and juries aren't going to you know convict a cop. It does not happen very much. I was reading some article, which I'll link to in the show notes, that was saying something like like since 2005, there's been you know seven police officers that have been convicted by a jury, uh, by juries for doing you know some crime. It's it's not you know it just doesn't happen very often. So the it seems that those on a particular side of the aisle want to, that want to say that well they were intimidated they they don't seem to be bothered by by juries that just give the benefit of the doubt where maybe it's not uh, not uh, warranted. The uh, the uh, uh, the Rodney King verdict comes to mind. But now that you know, there's nuance to everything, of course, but you you know what I mean. And let's see, um, I had a, a and the people that don't know what they're talking about. When I commented that you know guilty on all charges, I put that up there and I put you know hashtag justice for George Floyd, uh, and most people were agreeable to it and made. You know, comments in support of it, and but there was a couple 
of them that were going, you know, Maxine Waters is something. Yeah, maybe the maybe they'll use that for the appeal, but still, did Max what Maxine Waters say somehow erase the video of of a police officer kneeling on the back of a man's neck for nine and a half minutes? Did that somehow make that disappear? Because they would think, you know, what Maxine Waters uh, said was sort of part of the intimidation. So you better, you better find guilty. Well, no, the evidence is there. Um, and, and and the other thing is, you know, the three charges: you know, second degree murder, third degree murder, second degree manslaughter. And he was found guilty on all three of those charges. And one of my friends, you know, writes down each of the charges like, oh, I understand what they are. He writes down the definition of each charge. And he says, I don't know, just one man was killed, and how can you find all these? And I just, I looked at it. I said to one other one that was going on about it, I said, why don't you just dazzle us with your legal acumen? And this other person that was putting this, the, the you know, how all three charges, you know, could be guilty of all three charges, but only one person was killed, and I don't, I, you know. This guy's a graphic artist, a tarot card reader, a ghost hunter. A blogger, a a internet radio guy, uh, a vlogger. That's that's what he is. You know, his he does not have training in law, in criminal law. He doesn't have experience in doing that. He he doesn't you know he doesn't have any of this. And here he is. Well, does uh, you know he's not a constitutional scholar, although he probably thinks he is because he's maybe read it a couple of times. It's you know it doesn't make you a constitutional scholar. It doesn't make you an expert in law. You know, and he's and and if you were to ask me, how is it possible? If you were to ask me, how is it possible that all three of these things, these 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 charges could be you know guilty? It's just one person being killed and all that. And how how does that work? How does that? I would say to you, I don't know. I don't know. But you know, but I do know who does know. The the state attorney general. He knows the judge in the case. He knows the prosecuting attorneys. They know the defense for the lawyer or for the for the for the for the cop. The the, the defense for them for him. They know not some graphic artist who likes to be on the wrong side of just about everything, it seems. Just be, I think just because he likes to be a contrarian, and he loves his rhetorical prowess, I can write up really good arguments and words and put these things together. Doesn't make you right. Am I up to my next break already? Can that be possible? Actually, it's a little early, but I'm going to go to my next break early because I wanted to get the heavy stuff out of the way here in the middle part of the show. Uh, so let's do that. Let's te- let's head to the break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I will return after this break. Brace yourself. This is going to be kind of loud.
Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi? B. Jane Goodall, C. Albert Einstein, or D. Snooky. This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Why does it have to be this way? That's what our people say. Yes, I know it's hard to find happiness and peace of mind. And welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. This is uh, from the, oh please, file. You know how there are the occasional human interest uh, video kinds of things that go around the internets and on local news where we see uh, military people, men and women, coming home and surprising their loved ones, their spouses, their children, their parents, their friends. We see these, we see these uh, you know, uh, videos in which the people have tried to come up with a kind of a way to surprise the loved ones as they return. And uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of them. And they're sweet, and they're, sometimes they're fun, and sometimes they're touching, and you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see. And I, I'm not sure how this thing came up. Uh, it, I just I saw it in some video thing, and it just caught my interest, caught my eye. It was on Facebook. It caught my eye, so I started watching it. And I'll describe this video to you uh, uh, first. Let's do that. Okay, it's a video of a, uh, uh, a military wife reuniting with her husband. And it's a surprise. 
Uh, and it, what we see in the video is that she is um, uh, she is sitting at a cafe table, you know, outdoor cafe table, kind of thing. She is uh, very intently looking at her phone, scrolling through on her phone. She's completely, and I mean completely, oblivious to anything else going on around her. Standing behind her, I would say about 10 feet behind her, is, is a man in uh, military fatigues. They're kind of that camo fatigues, and I found out later they're for, for the Air Force. It's an Air Force fatigues uniform. So this is the man standing. He's got a cap on his head. He's got his fatigues on. He's holding a, a sign in one hand that has a, it's a big sign. It's a handwritten with an arrow pointing to the woman saying, My wife. He's explaining that that's his wife, right? Because he doesn't want to say anything. He doesn't want her to look around and see somebody standing behind her. In his other hand, he has a mask. And it's one of those uh, Tom Cruise Mission Impossible super masks. You know, you've seen them. You might be probably seen them, maybe even seen them on Facebook and some advertising. It's these these masks that really fit really well and they look super realistic. And they have this extra flesh at the bottom of the neck so they can just be tucked in under your shirt and that kind of thing. And they just they, they look really real. I mean, if somebody was just kind of walking along wearing one of those, you might not notice because they're done so they're done so well. You might not just notice somebody walking by you wearing that that it's a mask. So he's got one of those in the other hand. All right, so um, now there's no sound to the video except for this this romantic, treacly music that's playing. But you get a, you get a text writing. You get subtitles writing that's describing what's going on as you're watching it. Okay? All right, so the military dude, he puts the sign down, and then he, he gets the mask put on gets the mask on, and again, she's just sitting there looking through her phone. Uh, uh, next to her, on a chair, is a, is a big handbag sitting on the chair. Here's her handbag. She's just got to sit on the chair, okay? All right, so guy gets the mask on, and, and, he, just, and he runs into the, you know, runs up to his wife, or right alongside of her, but not to say boo or something like that. No, what he does is he grabs her bag, and he takes off, and he runs. And, of course, she immediately jumps up and chases after him. And she chases him, 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 and she chases him. It's a three-minute long video. She chases him for more than two minutes and ten seconds of this video. Finally, the guy tires out. Maybe the mask made it harder for him to breathe or something. And so she catches up with him, and he's 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 bent over, holding this this guy. Uh, he, you can tell he's out of breath. Again, we can't hear anything other than the little music playing, and we're just getting all the words, you know, describing what's going on to us. And he hands her back her bag, and he gives her this this the, the one finger up, saying like, "Give me a minute. Hang on, hang on, hold on." And she's you know it's like it's like she's yelling at him or something. We can't hear what she's saying. It's, it's, hold on, give me a second. And he pulls off the mask. And that's when the sound in the video uh, goes live. You hear what she's saying, and she sees it's her husband. She says, oh, baby, jumps in his arms, and he's, he's smiling, and the, the video ends just immediately. Okay? That's what the, how the video goes. Um, 
I was, uh, uh, well, uh, I immediately, well, not even, I didn't even wait to the end of those three minutes to say, bullshit. <laughs> I st when I started watching the thing, I mean, you know, it started playing automatically, which I hate that when they do that on the Facebook, that's just the play automatically. I don't, you know, if I want you to play, I'll click, okay? But it started playing automatically and it caught my eye and I said, okay. So, so I go back and I get it started again. And it has a still image, you know, from when it starts, it's it's on pause before you hit it. Right there, right there, I looked and I thought, this looks like bullshit. Because of uh, one thing in particular, the uh, this military guy who's just gotten, he's out on leave, I don't know if he's been discharged or something, but he's 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 just getting home to see his wife, he's going to surprise his wife, okay? he's He apparently, you know, was just... On duty, maybe you know a day or two before then, it took traveling time to get back to, from where he was, you know, Afghanistan or wherever. He's got long hair, and he's wearing a cap, but you can tell his hair is pulled back, and you can see hair wings coming out over his ears. In the still image, he's got long hair. Not only does he have long hair, he's got a goatee. Well, he's got what's called a Van Dyke. It's a mustache that connects to the goatee underneath. It's, that's called a Van Dyke. He's got one of those things going. Now, I may not know what constitutes uh, uh, being in uniform or out of uniform in the military, but I do know that the only facial hair that's allowed in the military is a mustache. They don't let you... I mean, maybe it's different than the Navy when you're riding you're the submarine thing or in wartime or something. Maybe it's different. But the military people that I've seen, every one of them that ever has a mustache, the mustache is the same way for all of them it cannot go it's it's just above the lip it doesn't cover the lip which i never understood men who grow mustaches that cover their upper lip i don't get that why would you why what what is i don't know anyway it, it doesn't cover the lip and it doesn't go beyond the edges of the mouth it doesn't curl past the edge the ends of the mouth it goes right to it and it has to be trim and it has to look a certain it just it all looks a certain way and there's no goatee, no soul patch, no other parts of beard. And this guy's got, he's got the Van Dyke going. Long hair, Van Dyke. And he's wearing a black t-shirt underneath the uniform. And again, I'm not absolutely certain on this, but I'm pretty sure black t-shirts are not allowed. Are not part of being in the uniform. So I consulted with a fellow that I went to high school with who went into the military, the Army, I believe, and he made a career of it. He's just retired fairly recently. I think he was a lieutenant colonel. I think that's what he retired as. Anyway, I, I, I link him to the... I send him the pictures, some still shots that I got of this. I said, can you tell me what's wrong with this? <laughs> you know, I said, I, I think I can see some stuff, but can you help me? He says, yeah, the hair's wrong. He agreed that the facial hair was wrong. He said, the T-shirt's wrong. The boots are wrong. He says, there's no way that the Air Force, and that's when I found out that was an Air Force uniform, because I didn't know. He, he I, sh I should have recognized by the uh, by the, the rank insignia on his, on his shoulder. I think he's a corporal. Do they have corporals in the Air Force? I don't know. See, I don't know. But... You know, he says, he says I, I have a hard time that, you know, he says that that kind of hair wouldn't be allowed even in the even in the Air Force. <laughs> you know, it still wouldn't be allowed. And it's just, and you know, and when he takes his cap off at the beginning to put the mask on, you can see he's got long hair. And then you see it again at the end when he takes the mask off. It's like they didn't even try <laughs> to get him militarily correct. All right. Now, the other thing is the woman 
looking at her phone. Like I said, she never looks up from that phone until the guy takes her phone or takes her her bag. There is somebody standing there with a phone because we do get to see uh, the person that's taking the video. We do get to see their silhouette as they chase along. She never once looks at this guy taking video. Never once. Even when she's she take her attention's off the phone and she's chasing after, she doesn't look to the guy. Says, Would you get him? <laughs> she doesn't look. She, there's no, she's like you know actors are trained if they are in TV or movies not to look at the camera. They are trained to do that, and, and they're really good at it. They can look cr across. The camera can be right there, and they look across, and you don't you don't get the eye lock because that's what they did, the, you know, the, the, the directors and that the people making the film. They don't want you to have eye lock with, with the audience unless they want you to have it. Unless they want, and that's called breaking the fourth wall. But if they have somebody looking across, the, the you don't you don't make eye contact that they don't because it's because it throws you off unless that's what they want. And again, breaking the fourth wall. Well, these are actors or wannabe actors just putting this. I don't what I I don't even know why they made this. They barely they they barely made any kind of an effort with this thing. There's probably a reason why they had music playing over uh, playing un, uh, over everything, so you couldn't hear what they were saying until at the very end when she says "Oh baby" and jumps into his arms. It's probably because the guy chasing is saying, you know, oh, keep going. Oh, and the other thing, the other thing in the chase, the chase. I mean, well, I'm thinking maybe somebody was giving direction while this is going on, or they're telling the stand, the bystanders not to get involved. We're just goofing around here. We're just playing. We're just playing. We're just doing a video of a viral video thing. Just don't, you know, don't don't anybody interfere. <laughs> maybe they were saying that. Anyway, so the chase, the chase, which again went two minutes and ten seconds, at least from the time he grabs her purse and she and then gives it back to her and, and reveals who he is. Whenever he slowed down, she slowed down. Whenever he sped up, she sped up. They kept the distance between them, you know, artificially equal. It's just like, come on. Either this guy's going to leave her in the dust. She may be in great shape and everything, but she's a lot smaller than him. He's bigger and he's got longer strides. If he runs at top speed, she's going to have a hard time keeping up with him. Even if she's running at top speed, which is, might be pretty fast, but he's... He's got the strides. He's military. He's supposed to be in shape. Even if it is Air Force. <laughs> this, ugh, I watched that and I just, I was heartened by the comments that I, that whoever shared it on the Facebook, I went to like the, the where they shared it from and I was reading through the comments and most of the comments I read were all calling bullshit. You know, they pointed out, you know, when the guy slows down, she slows down. When he speeds up, she speeds up. It's like, it's like, it's and and, the, and you know, I, I want to talk to these people. If you're gonna do this, one, you've got to shave. You got to cut your hair, pal, and you got to shave. All right, you got to shave, and you got to make sure what is, you know, what constitute being in in uniform. What kind of boots should he be wearing? You got to be more accurate if you're gonna try and fool somebody here. And another thing, don't make the chase last two minutes. Make it quicker. Get it over quicker. Okay. Ridiculous. Stupid. What do you think I am? A maroon? <sighs> okay, I should probably let's see. Let me check and see how my time is. No, oh, I think I got time for one of these. 
Here we go. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Hmm. I, I know you guys don't watch television, so you don't see commercials unless you watch sports. That's that's where I see commercials right? when I watch sports. I'll watch a ball game and I'll see the ads, and I'll you know I won't be, I won't be flipping because it's just like yeah I I, I I just I won't be okay I'll just sit through it most of the time I'll just mute the commercials and they don't bother me as much. There's a commercial out now, and I'll link to it in the show notes dimland.com. Click on the show notes option. Um, it's for I think it's for the iPhone, the iPhone 12 or something, and and one of the one of the one of the features on this new phone is that it has like a ceramic. A screen shield or something it's it, it's if you drop it it's even less likely to break i mean it's that they're they're trying to make it as you know you drop your phone and you know it's all cracked and everything i see i i remember seeing lots of people with their phones having the crack in it in fact i had a i had a it wasn't a phone but it was a like an ipod and i, I dropped it and cracked the 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 screen and to say oh it it seemed like it that was one of the problems that need to be ironed out over the process of doing of making phones. All right, so there's an ad that shows a, a, a young woman walking along the sidewalk. She's talking on her phone. She's doing the crook, you know, caught into their to her shoulder and up to her ear, you know, that kind of trying to do that. And the phone slips out and it hits her hands and she's trying to catch it and she and it's flipping in the air and then you get this vocalization voiceover kind of thing going you know got the thing happening and and she's she's trying to get the phone get the phone get the phone get the phone and the phone then just gets out of just just out of reach and it lands screen down on the ground and it's okay she picks it up and it's okay but you see the thing is and what my pedantry here is She's walking on a sidewalk that's made out of paving stones, out of, out of uh, brick, brick, <laughs> and you know, in a nice little pattern. And brick is hard, and you know, and brick is not gonna gonna have much give when you drop something on it, right? But when she drops the phone and it lands, it lands on soft dirt. And I and and I I turned to my wife and I said. Are they cheating? You think they're cheating? Why didn't it land on the bricks? It lands on soft dirt. Watch the ad. I'll, I'll link to it. This is like, he says, you're cheating. Land on the bricks. Show us that it will protect the screen. Will it, will you, did you have it land on soft dirt because it's landing and it just, it, it just kind of, because the, you know the dirt is soft because the phone doesn't bounce. It just, it lands. It, it means the ground had some give, and if it bounces, it bounces just a teeny tiny amount, and then it kicks up a little dust when it hits the ground. Now, if that phone landed on the bricks, it would bounce. So it's maybe it's just visually they don't want it to bounce or something like that, but maybe they're cheating because it would still break if it land, landed on bricks. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I got some cool things to hand out to you. Uh, cool thing number one: uh, the just earlier this week, the, my favorite band, 
rock band in the world, The Who, have reissued their third album, The Who Sellout. They've reissued it. Uh, it's got five discs. It's got demos that's not that haven't been released before. It's got a booklet. It's got posters. It's got all these bells and whistles that go with it. Um, and also, with the release of this set, uh, on YouTube, you can watch a documentary that uh, tells about the making of the album. It's really pretty cool. It's got Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend in it. It's got the guy that was the engineer on the record. Uh, they all talk about how it put together, and, and then just some other people talking about it, I guess. And uh, Roger has a nice moment talking about uh, Keith Moon's drumming. Uh, it's And they just... It's it's a nice. I just saw that the, the 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 documentary is available, and I watched it today, and it's great. And I won't be getting this set because well, I'm not made of money. Uh, but it's a terrific album, and a little piece of trivia for you. A little piece of trivia. What? Uh, let's see. Uh, can you name? And you probably can't. But can you name the only song, official Who song, part of their catalog? that does not have a member of the Who singing the lead vocal. It's a, it's a person that's not a member of the Who who's doing the lead vocals on it. There's one song. Roger Daltrey does sing on the song is, is in a backing vocal, but they have a, they have a guest uh, lead singer for the song. Not only that, the person who sings the song also wrote the song. So the song's not written by Pete Townsend or by John Entwistle or by any other member of the band. Alright, you've given up on what that song is. The song is Armonia, City in the Sky, which is the opening track or the first song on the Who Sellout. And the Who Sellout is a concept album where the Who imagined themselves to this album to be uh, as if you're listening to one of those pirate radio stations that existed in the 1960s in England. Uh, they, they had pirate radio stations, uh, which were uh, radio stations that were literally on ships that would be out in the, in the sea surrounding Great Britain, uh, and they would just be beyond the three miles out. So they weren't be in, in, in you know, British territory. And so they could get away, get get around some you know licensing and whatever. And they would play rock and roll and pop music that uh, the real radio stations that had the licensing and all this stuff and had the okay of the government um, would be playing. Wouldn't play. Wouldn't be playing that stuff. So they they they, they would do that. So what uh, Townsend and I think uh, uh, one of you know, one of his their managers, uh, Kit Lampert, I think they were sitting around saying, "How can we? What can we do with this?" And other people, "What can we do with this album?" And they made the concept of you're listening to a pirate radio station. So there's commercials in there. There's little, you know, PSAs, and there's there's uh, station sounders and things like that. And even some of the songs themselves were commercials. And it's it's an interesting album. And it's got the song "I Can See for Miles and Miles." It's got it's got "I Can See for Miles," which was Townsend thought it was his triumphant song. That that he's in, it didn't do as well as he was hoping it had done, and he felt pretty bad about that. Um, anyway, it's a terrific album. It's an interesting uh, documentary series. And oh, and incidentally, the song "Armonia in the Sky." The lead singer was a fellow named Speedy Keen, who also wrote the song. Speedy Keen went on to be in this band called Thunderclap Newman, which was a band that Pete Townsend produced uh, music for, um, and all that. So there you go. Uh, that's cool thing number one. Cool thing number two is 
there's a helicopter on Mars. It's kind of a drone thing. But it, it, it's, it's really nifty. It, they, they, it flew on Mars, and, and you know, it's like, we're, we're, we're like 100 and, what, uh, 118 years after Kitty Hawk, we've got, human beings have managed to, to have something flying on another planet. Isn't that insane? That's science for you. Uh, and and it, it's, it's the, it, they had to engineer this thing properly to, to make it fly properly because the atmosphere on Mars is so much thinner than the atmosphere here on Earth so that being able to fly, you, it, you need so much more velocity to the, uh, to the propellers or whatever they're called on this thing. It's, like I said, it's more like a drone than a helicopter, but they're calling it a helicopter. Um, I learned one thing about this uh, that I hadn't known, because I used to think, why don't people just you know hop in a helicopter, fly up to the top of Mount Everest, and you know just take the ladder out of the helicopter, stand on there, take the pictures, here we are, and then get back on the helicopter and leave. Well, there's, I thought maybe they don't do it because it's too windy up there and the helicopter couldn't handle it, but I found out that the atmosphere is too thin for a helicopter to get up that high. I think they can max out at about like 10,000 feet, and then the atmosphere starts to get too thin. That's why helicopters don't go up. You can't land on on uh, on uh, Mount Everest. So the atmosphere being so thin on on Mars, they had to create to to engineer this this helicopter in such a way that it would compensate for that thin atmosphere. So those blades really spin on that sucker. Uh, and also something interesting, a tiny bit of fabric was taken from the the uh, the the aircraft that the Wright brothers put together that flew at Kitty Hawk. A little piece of fabric from that aircraft is on Ingenuity, that's the name of the helicopter, is on that. So the little piece of, of uh, man's first foray into uh, uh, heavier-than-air flight uh, is now on Mars. God, that is so cool. And uh, finally, the next cool thing. Uh, my son... 17-year-old son Hayden has gotten uh, his uh, first dose of the Fauci ouchie, as the kids are calling it. He's gotten uh, the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. And uh, so, you know, follow his example, kids. Get vaccinated. Uh, next week I might complain about some of these. I, I've got an immune system, people. Maybe I'll get into that. But that'll have to be next week because uh, this Good is night. happening. Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Yeah, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You know, wash your hands. You know, be patient with all this. Wash your hands. Be, be, take. You know, keep distance. Stay home when you can. Uh, wear a mask. Get vaccinated. And you've been listening to Dimland Radio and the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.